Absolutely. Thank you. All right, thank you, Vice Chair. We are live and staff is ready when you are. Good evening and welcome to March 23rd, 2022 Utility Rate Advisory Commission meeting. This meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Yes, thank you. Members, please unmute and turn on your video. Commissioner Baring. Here. Commissioner Fidel. Here. Commissioner Gutowski. Here. Commissioner Lee. Here. Vice Chair Vanderwerf. Here. And Chair Thomas will be absent this evening. Vice Chair, we have quorum. Thank you. This meeting is virtual via Zoom. For members of the public who wish to join us, Please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and you wish to speak, please raise your hand to provide public comment when the, the when myself confirms that it's public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you're online, please click the raise hand at the bottom of your screen. If on the mobile app, please raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And if you're calling in via telephone to raise your hand dial star nine, and then to unmute um, or mute, use star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone numbers uh, if you are calling in via telephone. You will have two minutes to speak once you are called on. We are now going to proceed with today's agenda. And with that, I'd like, um, please rise for those of us who can. Um, for the opening acknowledgments in honor of the Sacramento Indigenous Peoples and tribe, Tribal Lands. To the original people of this land, the, Nis the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, the Putwin Wintu people, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in an active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous peoples, history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. For those of us who can still stand, stay standing, please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Vice Chair. There are no members of the public with their hand raised to make comment on the consent calendar. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on any of the consent calendar items? Oh, Megan. Hi, yeah, I saw that um, item two 
um, had, has us going forth with the remaining, I, I don't know how many more meetings um, remotely. Um, and I just wanted to ask um, how much longer are we gonna meet remotely and can we come back to chambers and is there anyone talking about that? Um, I can answer that, or at least I can take a stab at answering that. that would be great. Um, so what you see on the consent calendar is just the monthly re-communication uh, of the current virtual um, uh, work, uh, you know, uh, the, our virtual meeting uh, methodology. The city and city council are considering uh, what going back to live meetings looks like. And I would anticipate that over the next couple of months that they will finalize those, um, uh, those plans and, and start moving in that direction. And, um, you know, until then we'll continue to meet virtually, I would say you know, my best guess is if we met again next month, it probably still would be virtual, but maybe after that, maybe not, but uh, city uh, staff and city council will be communicating that uh, when, um, and you'll be able to see when uh, when city council starts meeting in person, which again, I, I think, you know, will happen within the next, you know, in the coming months, uh, then uh, the commission's uh, and committees will start meeting in person also. That's the best I can do right now. I would just add that the city attorney has directed those attorneys who advise uh, advisory bodies that um, we should follow the lead of the city council. And so to add on to what Bill said, as long as the city council is meeting virtually, this body will likely be meeting virtually as well. Thank you, Mike. Thank you both. Does that answer your question, Megan? With that, um, if there's no other comments or questions on the uh, con uh, consent agenda, uh, is there a motion and a second? I so move to adopt the minutes. Yeah, the minutes, thank you. Okay. Oh, who seconded? Sorry. Kitowski. Oh, thank you. So uh, motioned by Commissioner Lee and seconded by uh, Commissioner Kikowski. Um, will the clerk please call the roll? Yes, thank you. So this is the motion on the consent calendar, a first by Commissioner Lee and a second by Commissioner Kitowski. Uh, members, again, please unmute and turn on your video for the roll call vote. Commissioner Baring. Yes. Commissioner Fidel? Yes. Commissioner Gutowski? Yes. Commissioner Lee? Yes. Vice Chair Vanderwerf? Yes. And Chair Thomas is absent. Thank you. That motion passes. Thank you. We now will proceed to the discussion calendar. Um, item number three, Department of Utilities Accountability Plan update, second quarter of fiscal year 2022. Uh, I believe there's a staff presenter for this. Uh, that's correct. Uh, thank you. Uh, good evening, uh, Vice Chair Vanderwerf and, and commissioners. Um, 
and thank you for attending our Utilities Rate Advisory Commission uh, meeting tonight. Um, my name is Bill Busaith. I'm the director of the Department of Utilities for the City of Sacramento. Tonight, I will present our quarterly report, including updates to our CERO program, community engagement, sustainability, and, and water efficiency efforts. After my presentation, I'll turn um, the, the uh, presentation over to uh, Nina Buona to provide an update uh, from our engineering division. As of December 31st, there are a little over 8,600 residential participants and five not-for-profit uh, organization participants in our SURA program. A total of 931, you, you see the number there, a little over 931,000 was spent in the second quarter of FY 2022 to provide the monthly discounts for water, wastewater, and or recycling and solid, and solid waste programs. And um, as of uh, December 31st, 2021, we had spent a little over 1.8 million uh, of the 3.78 million budget uh, on the program. Uh, the Department of Utilities is working with the Department of Public Works and the Department of Finance uh, and the city manager's office to make recommendations for modifications to the SURA program that will make it more sustainable. Um, starting on April 1st, the program will include the recently passed recycling and solid waste rate adjustments. Um, DOU went to the budget and audit committee in March and will return to that committee in the next couple of months to um, work with that committee to make recommendations to council on structural changes to the SURA program. The Your Partner Report and, and the DOU uh, slash DOU newsletter um, debuted, de, uh, <laughs> started in February of, of 2018. Uh, the latest report released in November of 2021 um, highlighted the wastewater system, water quality, and our storm drainage system. Uh, printed copies are provided uh, with the uh, uh, utility bills and made available at public counters. Um, they're emailed to the mayor and city council and they're posted on the DOU website and also promoted on social media. A ribbon cutting uh, and slash grand opening was held for the McKinley Vault project in October to celebrate the completion of the McKinley Vault project and new park enhancements. Final park enhancements included new jogging paths, restrooms, picnic tables, benches, and barbecue pits, uh, and shade structures, and more than 60, uh, 60 trees and landscaping. Um, this has turned out to be an excellent project. Uh, the vault performed as designed during the large October storm events and minimized flooding in the McKinley area. DOU and its partners in the um, Sacramento Stormwater Quality Partnership 
which is a regional, regional stormwater quality uh, partnership, um, carried out pollution prevention outreach to meet the National pollute, uh, Pollutant Discharge Elimination Permit or the NPDES permit. Um, in partnership with Uptown Studios, DOU launched a regional public outreach campaign to educate the public about the harmful effects of stormwater pollution, specifically as it pertains to trash and litter. The outreach campaign included the integration of creative messaging with the Caltrans statewide Protect Every Drop and Trash Your Trash campaign. The effort included the development of a community toolkit for residents, businesses, and organizations, the development of an educational online video, as well as weekly social media outreach. These trash and litter focused outreach efforts began in the spring and will continue through June of 2020, uh, 2020-22, which is June of this year. The DOU sustainability team is continuing to study the feasibility of on-site water reuse for the city of Sacramento. On-site non-potable water reuse systems collect and treat gray water, storm water, and foundation drainage to be reused in a building or campus for non-potable needs such as irrigation and toilet flushing. The feasibility study stems from the city's movement towards building electrification and requests to find work opportunities for the plumbing pipe, fit pipe fitters industry. DOU formed an on-site water reuse committee to discuss the feasibility of on-site reuse in Sacramento with the initial focus on what dual plumbing systems would look like for new large commercial buildings. Dual water supply and dual drainage plumbing allow for the installation of future on-site non-potable water reuse systems. The city team is working with a consultant and hopes to have a draft report sometime in May. As you know, on August 24th, um, the city declared a stage two water alert. Um, on October 19th, uh, Governor Newsom extended the drought emergency throughout the state, um, including um, 50 of 58 counties. As you all can see, there's increased, despite our early storms at the end of 2021, uh, there's increasing evidence and concern about se severe drought in California. Um, and it's possible that the state will issue mandatory conservation levels. Uh, they've not done so yet, uh, but we anticipate them doing so in the coming months and we will update the commission as we learn more uh, about this. Our cumulative water use reduction compared to July through December of 2020 is 11%. And you see the month by month um, uh, numbers there on this slide. Um, that number is 27% when compared to 2013. Um, and the 
um, residents of the city of Sacramento continue to take uh, conservation um, very seriously. And we're very appreciative of the efforts that they're making. Um, here are some of the key outreach activities that we held last quarter. Um, you can see there the webinar, um, how the Sacramento region is responding to recurring drought and climate change. Uh, there was a virtual rain barrel distribution uh, in October and uh, uh, a webinar about with education about shade tree pruning um, in partnership with the, with the Tree Foundation. Tree health as we move forward with um, increasing emphasis on water conservation, tree health uh, and education about tree health continues to be a, a main focus of our outreach. Water savings pro projections in this quarterly report are limited to new savings achieved just in the, in, the, in the second quarter of this fiscal year. To determine the water savings of a particular water conservation measure, we look at the total pot potential savings of the device or measure over the lifespan of the measure. On average, over the past three fiscal years, the water conservation rebate budget was approximately $2.7 million per year. Commissioner Vanderwerf um, asked in a previous URAP meeting how much it cost the department to save the estimated gallons. For the 48.9 million gallons saved, um, that effort cost DOU uh, almost $630,000. However, about half of that will be reimbursed through grants. Just a note that that 48.9 million gallons is an estimation of um, how much water will be saved over the lifespan of the, um, you know, of the different elements. Uh, you know, for instance, if we replaced so many water, to, uh, you know, toilets, we estimate how many uh, gallons that would save per year and then extrapolate that over, you know, 10 to 20 years, which would be the life of, you know, of, of, of that toilet. So that 48.9 million gallons is a big number, uh, but it's over the life of the, uh, of that, of the particular element. Um, in the coming so it's a little bit difficult to determine what conservation you know, costs compared to other water sources and the, you know, the developing of, of new water sources. We are gonna be making an effort in, the, in our revision of the upcoming uh, water conservation master plan to Take a more close, a closer look at that, and quantify uh, the cost of of water conservation. And of course, we will keep this uh, body apprised as we work through that uh, that effort. Um, what you see on this slide is a, a myriad of um, federal funding 
sources that are going to become available. You see highlighted the three that are most likely to provide us with local funding. Um, a large part of the funding that uh, is going to be provided is going to be for replacement of lead service lines and for PFOS um, remediation. The programs run the spectrum from rural water projects to dam safety programs in, in, uh, to Indian health services for sanitation assistance. This slide shows which water programs could provide the best funding opportunities for the city of Sacramento. Uh, the drinking water and clean water state revolving funds could help with drinking water or wastewater projects, especially if the project is in a disadvantaged community or benefits a disadvantaged community. The water and groundwater storage and conveyance funding is probably the best opportunity for, the, for funding city projects as it is specifically focused on drought resilience, uh, drought resiliency projects like groundwater wells. Um, that concludes my presentation. I'd be happy to answer any questions or we can save them till later. Um, uh, well, actually one other item that I'll mention just for your information, if you're curious, we are in the process of tabulating ballots for the storm drainage ballot initiative. We hope to have results by the end of next week. And we will be going to um, uh, council on April 12th to present the results of, uh, of, that, uh, of that ballot initiative. And, and now if there are no questions, I'll go ahead and turn the time over to Nina. Uh, for the rest of the presentation. Um, I don't know if we want to, if there are any questions, are there any commissions with questions? Because I had a few questions if there's no commissioners with questions for you, or we can wait to the end, um, whichever would be easiest. Actually, I'm happy either way, whatever you, whatever you would prefer. Okay. Um, do any, I see, uh, the cap I promise I will get your name. Hey, Thank you. I promise I'll get there. Um, you can actually say just Perkins, that works too. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> go ahead. So, um, in regards to the McKinley Vault, I received a flyer in the mail from um, some nonprofit uh, saying that permanent property taxes are not going to, you know, fix the McKinley Vault. I'm sure you've seen a copy of it. Um, I don't think they had information in there. Obviously, some it's not correct. Um, but you know the storm we had in October of 2021. They're saying that it, the McKinney Vault didn't work, and I know we had a really large storm compared to what it was designed for. So I was wondering how you responded to that. So the response is that it did work exactly as designed. Mm -hmm. um, it filled up with the full six million gallons, um, and when the system around it uh, surcharge, you know, uh, stopped surcharging in the evening we were able to empty that vault. Um, there was some localized flooding in one area, um, but if it hadn't been for the vault, I'm, uh, you know, we had no structure uh, damage or flooding. Uh, we had some street flooding that was pretty significant in, in one area, but I'm convinced that if the, if the vault had not been there, we would have had structural flooding 
and it would have been widespread throughout the McKinley, uh, you know, through, through the McKinley area. And so the vault performed very well, and we got it finished just in time uh, you know, for, for that storm. That's good to hear. So did you guys respond to that flyer in any way? Or? We respond, don't, we don't respond to general flyers like that, but we respond to quite a bit, you know, to um, emails or, you know, or, or questions that are put to us. Um, and if we do see something in the media, um, you know, we have our media folks, um, you know, respond uh, to those. Um, I don't think I saw that particular flyer. And so I'm not sure, I'm not sure whether we responded to that or not. Good here, successful. Yeah. Thank you for that really great question. Um, Commissioner Lee. Hello. Um, I just had a couple of questions. One of them was you're talking about looking at non-potable water reuse. Um, was this just, you were looking at it for solely new large commercial buildings or um, were you looking at it for you know, maybe city buildings or older so buildings. For right now, the, the 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 study is focused on large buildings. I think that per per council's direction, that's what we would start with. If it's successful, um, it wouldn't surprise me if it starts to you know if it morphs to other you know to other buildings, and even ultimately you know possibly to residential. But right now, I think that everybody just wants to see if it's feasible for large commercial buildings mm -hmm. and then move forward from there. Okay. Just Thank for you. your information on that, we're mirroring work that's been done in San Francisco. Um, they started with large commercial buildings starting at 250,000 square feet, which is very large commercial buildings. Uh, and now they've lowered that threshold to 100,000 uh, square feet. And I could just see a similar pattern, you know, moving forward in the, you know, in the city. And this would be solely for new buildings? Yes. Uh, and I also can see in time uh, efforts to try to have that be a, you know, retrofit program. But I think that's quite a bit in the future. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're looking at that. Um, also, I know that uh, recycled water from wastewater treatment plants is often used, you know, the purple pipe stuff, like, um, does SAC Regional, are they planning to sell that water or? Yeah, so we currently have a pipeline that goes up 24th Street and it is, uh, was largely put in place to service the Smud Cogen plant. Uh, we're looking at projects along that 24th Street corridor, like parks uh, and similar projects that uh, could possibly use that Re recycling water. We're looking actually to, to identify a, a pilot project that we could put in place to, you know, to see how it works and to make sure that we can identify what all the challenges might be uh, before we move forward, you know, with, with other projects. Yeah. Um, City of Woodland has a um, recycled water project where they send it to parks and things, just if you wanted to know a neighbor that's doing that. Yeah. Okay, my last question is the SURA program that you were talking about. You were talking about how they're looking at how it's going to be restructured. And my question is what makes it need to be restructured 
and more sustainable? So right now, the, the, pro, the structure of the program is based on um, uh, income eligible customers not seeing rate adjustments. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just makes it, uh, it makes it a program that first of all is hard to administer. And second of all, uh, we're bumping up against the budget and it, uh, the way it's currently structured makes it challenging to, you know, to budget in, in out years. So the direction that we received from the uh, budget and audit committee was basically to leave the, uh, the benefit, uh, you know, at the same level, but to morph it into a fixed percentage, uh, you know, instead of the customers not seeing the, you know, the, the, the rate adjustments. Um, it will make it more, uh, it will make it uh, easier to budget for in the out years. And also it'll make it easier to administer. But the direction from the uh, budget and audit committee was to leave the benefit essentially the same. Okay. Is there any way to get more money into the Sarah program? Um, that's a, you know, that's a general fund funded program and it, and it, you know, the funding is approved by the city council. Mm -hmm. um, my sense is that they, I, you know, I don't know, but my sense is they're committed to funding the program as, you know, as necessary to keep it, you know, to keep it at the same level. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, um, Commissioner Lee. I have a few questions, seeing that none of the other commissioners have any. Um, mine was actually very similar, one along um, the sustainability about the SER program. Um, I guess, and after your answer, I kind of had a follow-up. I know you said it would be easier to budget for. Um, what makes the way you guys are restructuring it easy to budget for um, versus like the current one? So if we always know that it's a given percentage, uh, uh, it, and, and, and we have an estimate of the, you know, of the number of, of people that are, you know, enrolled, um, it will, I think, it, again, my sense is it will facilitate the budgeting. It also will allow us, you know, to, I think, better estimate if we're able to get more customers enrolled in the program, it will allow us to estimate what, you know, what, what that costs. It's not that we can't do it now. Um, I think it will just make it a little bit more straightforward. Um, and I guess like our other um, utilities doing similar things where they have it more in that setup, like does, is SMUD basing it off of a percentage or, um, so I know we work like use SMUD's data. Uh, I'm just curious if we're doing something similar to other people, if we've been moving away from what other people are already doing in these programs. No, that's one of the other, you know, purposes of this is that most most other entities, and I will just say for a water utility or wastewater utility, we're pretty unique in the, you know, in the state for even having a program like this. 
Um, but most of the other entities like SMUD and like other, you know, electric utilities um, offer a straight percentage, um, either a straight dollar amount or a straight percentage. Okay, so we'd be going towards what other groups do by doing this. Yes, yes. Cool, and I have one more question and then just a comment. Um, thank you for talking about how much money we are using um, for getting those savings. And I also really appreciate that you were able to talk about how much grant money, um, that about half of it should be covered. I think that's really great. It gives us an ability to see like what we're spending and like what we're being able to gain. And I think that sometimes can help people understand why we're doing these programs and spending the money on them. Um, and and so I, appreciate, I appreciate the question. And again, I will commit as we move forward with our, our conservation master plan, uh, we will be communicating with this body about uh, you know about that plan. Great, thank you. Um, and my, my question is specifically about the drought. Um, and I know you talked about that you guys are starting to build up um, your management plan and how you guys are gonna wanna work on that depending on what exactly is being required by the state. I guess um, my question is kind of a two part one, um, will we get any updates on that? Because I know that sometimes, especially when we have conservation, that that can impact utilities, especially because like a lot of times we depend on people using a certain amount. And when you have that cutback, um, that can sometimes be an impact on the ability of uh, services to provide. And I would really be interested. And I think uh, it would really benefit the commission to hear what's going on with that. So we can be aware of um, any impacts that could have on the utility rates. I appreciate that. Um, I will just say that uh, during our last major drought, we saw, I would call them pretty minimal impacts, but at the time we weren't fully metered. And so I think that the full impact, you know, remains to be seen. And so we will also be interested and yes, we will keep you posted on, on, on how that's going. Great. Um, is there anyone else with any other questions? Otherwise, I know you said there was another presentation. We could go yeah. ahead with that. Yep, I'll turn the time over to Nina. Hi, sorry, I had a nine-year-old looking for their charger. All good, totally understandable. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Can you guys see that? Yes, we All can right. see it. All right. So I'll go ahead and get started. Hello, my name is Nina Buelna, and I am the supervising engineer over the wastewater group for the Department of Utilities. And tonight I will be presenting on behalf of the Department of Utilities for the engineering division update. So the agenda for tonight's meeting, I'll talk about the October 24th, 2021 storm event and um, the wastewater program, the water program and the drainage program and the development review program. October 24th, 2021 storm event. On October 24th, 2021, the city experienced a historic 500 year storm event. 
the city received approximately 5.62 inches of rain in a 24-hour period. After further evaluation by city staff, it was found that the storm averaged six hour, a six-hour 100-year storm event. This is important to note because the city designs projects in the combined system for a 10-year, six-hour storm to minimize street flooding and a 100-year, six-hour storm to prevent structure flooding. As you can see from the rain event service request map, this shows all the calls that O&M responded to and the locations. O&M got calls for clogged drains, mains, down trees, and or flooding. O&M responded to 1,991 calls during the storm event. 787 from, were from wastewater, green dots. 1,204 were stormwater related, which are the yellow dots. So the system functioned relatively well, even though we had such a historic event. We had a couple things in our favor. We had low creek and river levels, dry soil, which means high porosity, more storage projects built in the combined sewer system, O&M regular, regular maintenance of the system and low intensity storm for the duration. So I'm gonna talk about the cap capacity improvements to the combined sewer system. The city has implemented the combined sewer system improvement plan, which is a part, which is required for a national pollutant discharge eliminate systems NPDES permit. This plan identifies projects that will add capacity to the combined system to reduce flooding and outflows. So from 1995 to 2021, the city has invested 156 million in capacity improvement projects within the combined system. The city has constructed 20 million gallons or 34 Olympic sized swimming pools. So I'm gonna get into more detail about how McKinley water vault functioned during the storm event. You guys had some questions on that earlier. So the McKinley water vault is an offline structure that is 6 million gallons and is used to store water during large storm events. The McKinley water vault was designed to our standards for a 10 year, six hour storm, which is 1.65 inches within a six hour period. The October 24th event averaged a 100 year storm, which is six, a six hour storm event, which yielded, which yielded 2.52 inches. So during the storm event, McKinley Vault functioned as it was designed. And I want you to imagine the magnitude of how much water is actually in this vault. Imagine you're sitting courtside at a Kings game and you see a wall of water coming right in front of you of 47 feet. That's how much water is stored in the vault. We're going to talk about the wastewater program highlights. We're going to talk about Third Street Relief Project and the 2019 bond fund. The Third Street Relief Project was, was the installation of 6,200 linear feet of 42-inch combined sewer system pipe on Third Street in between I Street near the Amtrak station all the way to U Street. This project the benefits of this project are to collect wastewater flows from the rail yards and river districts development. This project was fully funded by development impact funds. This project started in July of 2019 and completed January of this year. The construction cost was approximately, approximately 18.4 million. The interesting part about this project is that it was constructed on a major arterial 
in downtown Sacramento. So we had to do a great deal of coordination with the project stakeholders, which were to coordinate with CalPERS, our public works department, Caltrans, Old Sacramento, the Golden One Center, Crocker Art Museum, and West Sacramento. The silver lining is about eight months into this project, COVID occurred. So traffic, traffic was really reduced. So that helped with construction of this project. The 2019 wastewater bond funded projects. The city received, 2000, received 2019 bond funds and was able to design and deliver a total of 16 CIP projects. 12 of the CIPs were designed for construction and four of the projects were designed only and will be constructed at a later date when funding is available. The benefit is that pro this project let us, allowed us to add capacity and reconstruct um, failed sewer failed sewer pipes and it helps to improve our system. The start date was April of 2019 and will be completed next month. The total cost of construction is $26 million. Water program highlights. We'll discuss the accelerated water meter program, Shasta Reservoir and groundwater wells, gaseous chlorine to sodium hypochlorite, the Fairbairn Water Treatment Plant groundwater well, and siding replacement wells. Accelerated Water Meter Program. Prior to the start of the Accelerated Water Meter Program, the city was already 70% metered. In 2005, an assembly bill was passed that required all jurisdictions to be fully metered by 2025. In 2017, the city of Sacramento implemented the Accelerated, accelerated Water Meter Program to complete the remaining 30% of meters by 2021. The city has installed 42,000 water meters, 61 miles of water main. The benefits are that we were, are 100% metered within the time allotted. We've replaced failing water mains and this will assist with water conservation. The start date was April, 2017 and it was completed November, 2021 with a total approximate cost of 225 million. Shasta Reservoir and Groundwater Well. This, this project consists of four, a 4 million gallon reservoir and two 1,500 gallons per minute groundwater wells. There are two of these wells. So when this goes online, it should be able to provide water to 1,400 homes per day. This, water is per, this, this project is providing water pressure to the southern portion of the city it's, um, it's also helping with our water supply, long range plan and conjunctive use. The project start date was 2016 and it'll be completed this year at a total cost of $19.5 million. The unique thing about this project is not only does, do we chlorinate the water, it also has an aeration system that removes methane and a filtration system that removes manganese. Additional water program highlights Gases chlorine to sodium hypochlorite. This is a this is a policy change. So the city has decided to move to sodium hypochlorite because it's more readily available and less volatile. The Fairbairn groundwater well. This is a well that we're looking at installing. It will will get 1.5 million in grants and 1.7 million in Senate earmarked funds. The capacity of this well 
will be equivalent to the three existing wells there. So that means that once this well goes online, it'll be able to provide water up to, to up to 1400 homes per day. This well is being, will be installed and used with the city's conjunctive use program. We are also looking at siting replacement wells for 10 wells. Drainage program highlights. The two projects I'm gonna talk about today are pump outfall replacement, the pump outfall replacement program and corrugated metal CMP replacement program. This, the pump outfall replacement program, the city's separated drainage system consists of 135 drainage basins and 105 pump stations that are pumped and drained into creeks and rivers within the city of Sacramento. The pump outfall program has been split into two phases, package A, which has five sites and package B, which has three sites. So a total of eight pump stations. The pump outfall program has been, has been implemented in an effort to partner with the Army Corps of Engineers Levy Improvement Project City staff identified outfalls that needed to be replaced within the levy project limits. So <clears throat> the project cost is approximately $10 million. The benefits are that it'll pres preserve internal drainage protection and protect levies. Currently package A is in construction. Package B will be bid spring of 2022. And the estimated completion for that is November, 2022. The annual corrugated metal pipe replacement program. The city of Sacramento has corrugated metal pipe that conveys stormwater in the drainage system. The CMP life expectancy is appro approximately 50 years. So the city is looking to replace failed CMP with reinforced concrete pipe or other materials that will yield an approximate life of 100 years. <sighs> the benefit of this is that will prevent pipe failures that are caused by flooding and street sinkholes. Uh, the current project that's gonna be bid this year is the Fruit Ridge Storm main replacement. It's approximately 22,200 feet of failed 48 inch CMP pipe. So now we're gonna talk about development. Our development review continues to move forward at a fast pace. Our development team has re been reviewing the developments, developments and record numbers. Not only do we have record numbers of development submittals, staff has stepped up to the plate and they are exceeding their 90% on-time review goals. You can see the current projects that they're reviewing and are in construction, Greenbrier, Rail Yards, Delta Shores, and they're currently reviewing the old Kings Arena. I wanted to give you an idea of the size of the projects they're reviewing. These projects above add up to 60% of the area of the central city, which is approximately 1,740 acres. So I'll give you an idea of the scale of their workload. So that's the central city and that's um, the acreage that they've reviewed, which is pretty impressive. So in the year of 2021, the development team reviewed 1,048 commercial plans, 87 per month, uh, per month, which equates to one person reviewing eight reviews per week. On the residential side, they've reviewed 2,525 plans or 210 per, per month, which equals 17 plan reviews per week. 
So that concludes my presentation. And if anyone has any questions, I would love to field any of those. Do, oh. Commissioner Gutowski, um, if you want to go ahead and start with your questions. I guess I'm too fast. So it's okay. Hey, hey, Nina, it's good to see you. Hi. Uh, and thank you for giving us an overview of the details of what the Department of Utilities does. I really appreciate that because um, I think people have no idea what they do. Um, We're busy. Yes, yes, you are. So you talked about the Third Street sewer project. Is there any talk about gradually breaking off the combined sewer system into the regular drainage system? You mean separating? Yeah, eventually, like, or partially doing it gradually. I know it's too expensive to do it all at once, but yeah. We, uh, to my knowledge, we have no plans for separation. Okay. Can I just add to that, Connie? Um, we, you know, anything new that's built, like all of the rail yards is separated. Um, and so, you know, new construction that's taking place or large, you know, large new construction that's taking place is, is separated, but there is no plan uh, to separate the, you know, the rest of the existing combined system. Thank you. I know it's just, and, expensive, but I thought eventually and you do I'll add, add to that, that Third Street only takes wastewater flows from that new development. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Okay. Thank you. Any other commissioners? Otherwise, I know I have a couple of questions. Seeing none, um, I'll ask mine. Um, so when you were talking about that treatment plant that you specifically talked about that it had like a bunch of added um, removals, uh, I was curious if you could give a little bit more details on that. Sorry, my background is also in drinking water. And so I'm very interested in that. And then the secondary question to that is, um, just I know it's serving um, South Sac, um, or is it coming in and serving everyone, or is it specifically serving mostly in the South Sac community? From what I understand, it's specifically serving South Sac, and it, it was a much needed pressure injection in that area, and that's why they went through the effort of adding the the methane treatment to remove the methane and to also remove the magnes, the filters to remove the magnes because they they really needed they need that facility in that area for the the water pressure. Cool. Is there any way you could share some more of that information of the water quality um, of the South Sacramento with um, maybe, I don't know if there's a way for us to show it before and after, um, just with that new added um, system, since if that if that's needing to be treated with that well, um, I just was curious what the water quality might look like. I think that's something we can do some research into and get that to you later. That would be great. Yeah, I figured you might not have it on hand, but that would be really great if we could see what, what that looks like. Okay. Uh, I have one more question, Megan. Do you mind if I let you go after? Great. Sorry, I know you're taking notes, so if I'm going too quick, let me know. Um, and so with the new developments, part of my question was answered was about that large new developments are having to um, separate and so we're not having adding more to our combined sewer system. Um, but my concern is I know we've just, we approved a few different raises uh, for utilities and with new developments, is there, um, is there any way that it's being looked at or included to ensure that by adding these new developments, there's not an added cost to those who, of us who already um, are paying bills or those are the people in the community serving that we're serving? 
Yeah, so every time a new development comes in, they have to mitigate for anything that they're adding to the system or pay a fee. So that way we can have a an account where we're saving the development impact fees to add storage projects in the future. So um, that's that's the process. What do you mean by mitigate? So by mitigating, I mean, if they're gonna add areas of impervious material and it's in the combined sewer system, they have to do like porous concrete or figure out other ways to hold the drainage on their site so they're not putting it into the system when there's large storm events or they can pay into a bank account to the city. So mm -hmm. when we do storage projects, if we have development that's happening, we can say, okay, we're gonna add another half a million gallons because we've saved all this money from these added um, development projects. Sorry, there's gonna be a couple follow-up questions. I feel bad about this. Um, but with that, when you're having a, com um, a fee in lieu of often, um, with that fee in lieu of what kind of, um, like square footage are we getting with that like what kind of like is it I'm just nervous that like someone can pay in lieu of less than what they're creating and so uh, I'm curious what that kind of pencil goes so, out to in projects so the city did a development impact study a couple years ago and we developed a fee for costs associated with that and so we've been using that to to um, have the developers pay for any fees okay and i just i'll just add uh, just for clarification and nina said you know that correctly you know we have a cost for for instance how much it costs us to build you know a square foot or a cubic foot of capacity mm -hmm. and based on what the development will add to the system you know in square feet uh, that's, you know, that's, that would be the fee that they would pay, you know, to fully mitigate, uh, you know, whatever impact they may have to the system. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, Megan, I saw your hand up next. Hi, yeah, just real quick. Um, on the slide presentation, there was a slide and it has said Shasta Reservoir and um, New Pump. I'm sorry, what was the connection to that of Shasta Reservoir? I, I didn't, Oh, it's so it's the name of the project. It's Shasta, Shasta Reservoir and Groundwater Wells. It's in the southern portion of the city. But it's unrelated to the federal Shasta Reservoir. Up on Correct. Okay, Correct. thanks. <laughs> now I understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the area down there is called Shasta. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that, that was the name that, that we gave it. Okay. But that could be confusing. Yeah. They're both water. Thank you. Uh, Con uh, Commissioner Connie. Uh, good test. <laughs> okay. uh, so uh, you guys mentioned the old uh, Kings Arena. Um, mm -hmm. I saw the news that they're like uh, proposing like a hospital, like a training hospital. Is that correct? And it's, uh, I don't know if all you know or anything, but, um, and are they going to be elevating it high enough? Because St. Thomas is a huge floodplain. So I'll, I'll field that, uh, you know, that the designs and the concept for that are still in their infancy. Um, and so we don't have a lot of details, but yes, you can be assured that however the design is, the flood, you know, the floodplain will be taken into consideration 
to make sure that that is not, you know, in a in a hundred year floodplain. Great, thank you. Great, I don't see any other questions. Um, Madam Clerk, are there any public comments uh, on this item? Thank you, Vice Chair. There are no members of the public with their hands raised to make comment on this item. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you both for speaking. Those were really great presentations. The last um, item is uh, matters not on the agenda. Do we have any public uh, speakers from items not on the agenda, Madam Clerk? Thank you, Vice Chair. There are no hands raised to make comment for items not on the agenda tonight. Great, thank you. Um, with that, uh, that concludes today's, oh, actually, were there any general commissioner comments? Sorry about that, everybody. Right, that concludes today's agenda. Thank you everyone for participating. Uh, this meeting is adjourned. Thanks everybody.